0: What's up, y'all? This is Nick Luciano. And this is Blake Moore. And and welcome welcome to to Tratter Talk. Talk. This is a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. We're going to have some awesome guests on the show share our stories and cover uplifting topics to encourage y'all to conquer the day. Look out for new episodes every Wednesday on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget, smile every day and know your worth. what's up y'all welcome back to another episode of try to talk a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence as always this podcast is sponsored by Ariat, innovative and award-winning performance products for all types of outdoor and work environments we love the Ariat team today we got roy dinges co-hosting with us again and we have a very special guest um he's a professional bull rider and a good friend of ours chase weimer what's up brother
1: how's it going man
0: it's good man how are you today
1: you know I'm blessed, buddy.
0: (laughs) Blessed to wake up. Absolutely.
1: Well, you just had a birthday too, right? How old are you? Yeah, I turned 23 Friday. That's awesome. How old old are you?
0: I mean, you turned 23. How was your birthday?
1: You know, man, uh, I had the opportunity to have a gentleman bless me with some tickets to the finals and uh, put me up in the Worthington for a few nights. Oh, really? All expenses paid and man, that was an opportunity to be able to go and do that and be able to talk to him and have that conversation with him, knowing what he's about and whatnot. So it's Mm. uh, honestly probably one of the best birthdays I've ever had.
0: Can't beat that. Oh, man. Do
1: you have a good time at the World Finals? Yeah, dude. I was there last weekend, and this weekend I spent four days, all four days at the World Finals this week. And Mm. Man, that's a heck of an opportunity. Just to be able to be there and talk to everybody, even if you didn't make the finals. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did you think of the performances? Pretty good. Yeah. A lot of rank bull rides. Mm A lot of high 90s and a couple low 80s, but lots of buckers there, man. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I had a good time for sure. We went the – we didn't – we were out of town the previous uh, weekend, Mm -hmm. but we were there uh, for the four days uh, afterwards, and it was really cool. Um, We want to thank Ariad again for hooking us up with that. Um, but something we want to talk about that we just went to yesterday is the first ever PBR draft. So, uh, take us through what, what that is. And like for people who don't know what a, what a draft is,
1: especially in the bull riding world, just kind of take people through what that, what that is. Okay. So last night was the first ever PBR team series draft, the inaugural draft for the 2022 team season. And Basically, it's like the NFL draft, mm-hmm. but it's for bull riding. And so they're trying to revolutionize the sport and build a bigger fan base and whatnot. So having having this deal is is definitely an opportunity for guys that are wanting to be bull riders that haven't quite made it in the PBR, but they can sign up for this draft and like have the chance to make a salary rather than paying all this money to go down the road and have a guaranteed paycheck. Mm-hmm. So last night they had the first five rounds and uh, man <laughs> it was a pretty interesting experience to be a part of that the first ever first ever draft i mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: i didn't ever think that was going to be a thing yeah like for sure never thought it was going to be a thing but
0: um well roy you're telling 20 years ago they were talking about it right
2: yeah the guy uh, that taught me how to ride but bull- well i went to his bull riding school mm-hmm. um two-time world champion, and he mentioned this 20 years ago, and he was trying to get sponsors on board and and this and that. He said, we need to do it like the NFL or the MLB. We need to have teams. Mm -hmm. And this was 20 years ago. Oh, man. And now, 2022, here they go. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the draft last night, it took a little twist when it comes to the trading. (laughs) It did. And— me personally, and trust me, I'm not to question Cody Lambert, mm-hmm. but for me, how do you trade Dalen Swearingen and Mason Taylor? And not to take away from Cody Jesus or JRV because both incredible riders, but for me, I keep Dalen.
1: You know, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the personalities of the rider, I think Cody's work ethic and JRV's work ethic is, it's different from Dalen's and Mason's. I think the fit for Cody and JRV on the Texas Rattlers is going to be a great fit because, I mean, just from talking to Cody myself and the things, some of the things that he told me, the man
2: works hard. Oh, he does. Longevity, he showed it. And I'm not saying that it's a downfall that we have these two but how do you, how do you trade the 2022 <laughs> world champion? You know,
1: I don't know. I really don't know. But mm-hmm. what I can really say is I think Mason and Daylon being traded to North Carolina is going to be a great fit just because the personality types. If you look at miss Tiffany Davis herself, mm-hmm. she's smiling. She's mm-hmm. a fantastic lady, has a wonderful personality and, uh, I think Daylin and Mason both go right along in that into that category. So I think that in itself and their skills and where Tiffany wants to go with things, I think it's going to, even though that they got traded by Cody, I think it's going to be a better fit than them being on the Rattlers.
2: Yeah, it's. I, I can see that. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not to question Cody Lambert. No. Yeah, no I mean, he's, not. He's, 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 a, a he's a legend. He is yeah. a legend. But – uh uh, we are Team Ariet Texas Rattlers, so hey, J-R-V, yeah. Jesus, the whole team, let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah.
0: We got their back for sure, um, but I'm just really, really psyched for this new era of bull riding and to educate y'all a little bit. Um, it's a little more, I would say, customizable per se. Mm-hmm. You have five riders that you can now pair with five different
1: bulls. Mm-hmm. The opportunity for your coach to basically like match you up with the right bull that he believes you can ride mm -hmm. and to win, basically.
0: Right. And speaking of winning, just explain that a little bit. It's all point based, right? So how would a team win?
1: So it all comes down to a combination of scores. So each guy gets on a bull, and all the teams compete throughout the weekends or two, three days events. So. Every team competes, and the combination of scores is what goes into a team winning. And then they have, so say only two guys ride the whole weekend, two of the highest scores, and then they're tied, right? So now they have a ride off at the end of the weekend to determine the winner of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a, there's a whole lot to it, man. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. And I'm excited, too, because I think there's eight teams total mm-hmm. right so i don't know if i can remember all of them off the top of my head but you got the rattlers you got the texas rattlers the austin gamblers nashville stampede kansas city outlaws oklahoma freedom uh arizona ridge riders
0: missouri thunder
1: missouri thunder yeah and then the the carolina cowboys there you go wow that's so cool it gives everybody a,
0: like a little mascot to, to root for a oh, team yeah. presence to root for rather than an individual kind of rider if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, but yeah that is just something that's coming up in the next era of bull riding we're really excited the first event in the team series is kicking off in Wyoming right Cheyenne yep Cheyenne um, yeah. in what when is that again
1: July
0: 27th or something yeah 5th uh, yeah.
1: through the 27th yeah. or something like that I can't recall exactly I'd have to go mm-hmm. back and check the schedule but, yeah um Shoot, the real the real start of the season is the Challenger Series, and that starts this weekend.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. There you this go.
1: weekend is Evansville, Indiana, and it's the first event of the Challenger Series events. That's awesome. So, like, as a free agent, um, because, like, I didn't get drafted mm-hmm. last night in the first five rounds, but there's still four or five rounds left. There's a potential to have ten guys on a team. The first five are your starters. The next two are your protected squad, so those are guys that are also under contract mm. that can't be signed by another team for at least the first two games. After that, they can be traded. Mm. But and then you got the practice squad, and those will be made up of three guys, and those guys can be picked up by any team at any time. And but you can also turn down any team and continue to stay with the team. And yet you're on Mm -hmm. continue to build yourself up through those challenger series and hopefully get called up for a spot on the starting squad.
0: Oh, nice. Oh yeah.
1: So no, there's, there's opportunity as free agents and a, you know, I seen a lot of guys that were very upset about not getting drafted last night. And I think what it really comes down to is you got to stay really optimistic about it. Like as a free agent, I think you have a little bit more leverage Mm -hmm. Um, being able to kind of pick and choose where you want to go rather than being designated to a team you didn't necessarily want to get on. You know, granted, Mm -hmm. you could be traded. But, I mean, as far as I know, if you get cut, man, it's you're done for about two years. That's crazy. It's pretty wild. I mean, it ain't no thing to me because I'm going for the free agency, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have the opportunity to, to get on any team that I want to be on. Yeah. As long as I go and do my job every weekend, show them that I'm making progression, that I deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time. Man. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the future holds for this entire deal. Yeah. It's going to be big. Heck yeah. And if we know you,
0: you're going to work your, your butt off to get on one of those teams. Oh, man. So I'm excited to see where your future's headed with appreciate that. appreciate that, buddy. No problem. So that's a really awesome era of bull riding we're uh, getting into here. But we want to learn a little bit more about you oh, mr man. chase weimer so um first off just tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from where you started you know what your M- background
1: man i grew up in uh a small town in northern california called corning it's mm-hmm. about uh if anybody knows where red bluff sat they got a big pro rodeo out there it's about 25 minutes south of red bluff right along i-5 and It's actually right in the heart of cowboy country. A lot of people don't realize that, but guys like John Growney of Growney Brothers Rodeo Company, Don Kish of, I mean, the Kish's bucking best, and uh, Jeff Davis of Four Star, Tim Bridwell of Bridwell Pro Rodeos, like, man, those are all contractors that are within 30 minutes of my house. Mm -hmm. Granted, I don't live there anymore, but still, I got the opportunity to grow up in some of the biggest, like, rodeo-oriented area Mm -hmm. in the country. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that about California. They bash on it. But, <laughs> man, I grew up with some of the greatest stock contractors in the world, and had the opportunity to go get on bulls there. And man, it was a it was a heck of a time growing up in California. And uh, I am glad to get out though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, it, I was yeah. gonna say, I, yeah.
1: I turned eighteen and was like, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I didn't. My mom put, put it in my head when I was young. She's like, you're getting out. And, like, I grew up playing sports, and, and I played everything. I wrestled, played football, baseball, soccer, basketball, the whole nine, dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it just kept calling me. So yeah. I always made my way back to the bull riding at one point. But, like, I started out riding sheep when I was little. Mm-hmm. Did not like it. Did really? not like it at the all. The button busting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I kind of stopped for a little while and, and really just focused on like sports. Like my mom got me very into that. And so all the way up until I was about 14, I did that. And I still played sports when I started riding bulls, like consistently, but 14 I started to get on some steers and then I graduated to big bulls pretty quickly. Like I didn't really want to get on steers anymore. I wanted to get on bulls. So Mm -hmm. about I turned 15, started getting on bulls and, Once I turned 16, then I started going. And I was gone every weekend for three years. (laughs) Junior rodeo on, CCA rodeo on, um, any open bull ridings I could get to. Like, I was just going as much as I could, getting on as many bulls as I could. Like, making sure that I'm doing what I need to do to get where I want to go in life Mm -hmm. and where I want to be in my bull riding career. Yeah. So it was good to have, like, I come from no ranching background i guess a little bit but not much and uh no bull riding background my dad told me he rode bulls but i really don't know i've never seen a picture of nothing so <laughs> i believe him but he's got no reason to lie you know but it was pretty interesting growing up because i didn't have those connections so like i had to go out i had to meet people i had to put myself in those situations i had to be outgoing enough to communicate with these people and build these relationships in order to get where i wanted to go Mm -hmm. especially in bull riding i mean like i said coming from nothing man it's it makes it extremely hard yeah extremely challenging and uh by the grace of god i pushed through it and now i'm here having this opportunity you know what i mean like it's been six years yeah i'm going on seven years now Mm -hmm. so getting on bulls consistently and granted i've you know, I've been out from injuries for a couple of years, last two years especially, mm-hmm. and a uh, pretty bad one in 2018 that put me out for about nine months. But man, it's been a heck of a ride. I've yeah. been enjoying every bit of it, and I'm pretty grateful to God for everything He's given me, all the opportunity and uh, all the struggles, man. All the yeah. struggles. I was uh, gonna say, was
0: like uh, if people. The, one of the big things that people struggle with in bull riding is. His injuries mm-hmm. Roy still deals with it to this day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well like uh, talk about like some of your craziest injuries if you have any man
1: 2018 um, I was at a bull riding in Eugene Oregon it's 10,000 added big bull riding only it was 4 hours from the house mm-hmm. I was living in Washington at the time and, um, shit she was 18 years old 19 years old coming on 19 actually and drove down there by myself uh left the dog at the house i was like man it's only a four hour drive i'll be back tonight it ain't no thing mm-hmm. left my dog and went down there and had a good bull um i forget the contractor's name but i had a good bull around the left and uh, about three rounds in he pulls me down and i'm kind of just like trying to sit back up and back door while he whipped me underneath him and when he did um, he come around with his back in and it kicked me inside the, the head and then made another round. And I'm like, I'm so close into him. There's no gap. So bullfighters, if they had tried to step in, could have been a lot worse. He could have stepped all over me and you know, mm-hmm. possibly even killed me just based off of the videos that I seen and whatnot. I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't like them bullfighters didn't do more than what they did. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he kicked me inside the, the head made another round, hit me one more time with his head, made another round, picked me up, threw me about 15 feet, and I, like, hit the ground, rolled, got up on all fours, was, like, sitting there, and I went to stand up. As soon as I went to stand up, I just face-planted in the dirt. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was out, man, and there's actually a picture of me. I'm all Uh, stiff-armed.
0: Like, knocked out.
1: Yeah, that bullfighter's sitting there like this, trying to grab that bull's head, and I'm laying like right here, and that bull's just got him like got his head down, coming right for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pretty crazy picture. I think it's floating around on Twitter somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you can find that, I'm
1: I'm sure I can, man. Yeah, I'll have to fi- I'll cool. have to find it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, it's um, awesome. But no, man, I I actually stayed for the whole bull riding like another two hours stayed for the rest of it, watched the short round and everything. And on my way out, like I had been repeating myself and like I knew where I was, I knew what was going on, but like I knew something wasn't right. I just didn't feel right. And I called my mom on the way out and she's like, I want you to go in. I was like, no, nah, I just want you to stay on the phone with me on the way home. I was like, it's only four hours. It'll be fine. She's like, if you got knocked out, I want you to go in. And I was like, okay. So I drove in, I drove to the hospital myself. Like EMTs never check me out, dude. I was knocked out in the arena. Mm-hmm. But I also walked out of my own power. But I was blacked out from the time I picked I face-planted, blacked out. Come to, pick my bull rope up, blacked out again. Come to right before I climbed up the buck and shoot. Blacked out again, come to at my gear bag. Blacked out. Remember my buddy Levi Gray asked me if I was all right. And my buddy Colby Demo telling me he's like man you look pretty messed up and I was like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I don't feel so good yeah. and uh, yeah then after that I remember the whole conversation and honestly the, the majority of the trip to the hospital the one thing that got me good was uh, it was a one-way going this way and I'm coming this way and they wanted me to go all the way around come back to this one way to get to the parking garage I was so out of it bro I turned left onto that one way there, luckily, there was no cars coming, and by the time I turned into that garage, the car had passed me. I didn't even realize it until I had turned into the garage, and I was like, man, this is not good. So that was like a – they had the doctors do that? or No, no. That was me on the way to the hospital. Oh, and I wow. was literally about to pull into the parking garage. When it clicked in my brain, I just went the wrong way on a one-way. <laughs> like, I was so out of it from mm. that whole deal, like – it was crazy, dude. Go into the hospital, first thing I tell them is like I just got knocked out and like I just drove the wrong way on a one way and I drove all the way here and the first thing they did is put me in a neck brace, took me straight back to MRIs, ran an MRI and I found out I had a what's called a subarachnoid hemorrhage, mm-hmm. which is actually bleeding in the crevices of your brain and uh, it was about five to six millimeters big, which isn't, super big, but any bleeding in the brain is not good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, then they told me I had a stage four concussion as well. So yeah, I could understand why I drove the wrong (laughs) way on a one way, not realizing (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, they kept me in the hospital for about four days and I was down there by myself. None of my family come down. Like finally after the fourth day, I got my aunt or my aunts to come pick me up and they come pick me up. They drove my car back and, uh, went back to the house and I stayed with them for the next couple of weeks. And uh, man, that was probably probably one of the worst ones. Yeah. Um, but I'm I will say right now I'm pretty thankful for the Western Sports Foundation mm-hmm. to be able to help me with some of the costs in that. Yeah. So like I had probably fifteen, fourteen, fourteen or fifteen thousand in medical bills from that and the Western Sports Foundation. Helped cover a pretty decent amount of it in 2018. So like now, now it's a whole different deal, man. Yeah, they're they're way different now. It's pretty, it's pretty badass. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's Pardon my French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's actually a topic in, in the conversation. And since we're on it, tell us about the Western Sports Foundation. I know we were at the PBR, and and they give it a, a huge check to to the Western Sports Foundation. Oh yeah, so.
1: Miss Aubrey O'Quinn with the Western Sports Foundation is doing some very wonderful things. Like earlier this week, I was actually at a clinic, a health and wellness clinic in Frisco, Texas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we spent three days, they paid for meals, put us up in a room and, uh, man, we got to work with some of the greatest, some of the greatest people in this industry to be able, whether it be neuroscience and neuropsychology, sports psychology with the U S Olympian trainer, um, Cody Lowstrove on the mental toughness. He's a 2009 PBR world champ. Colby Yates as well. I mean, he's, he's not a world champ, but he's still professional bull rider. And one of the guys I've always looked up to. And, uh, and then like Matt West was there helping put on the whole deal. That was pretty cool to be able to meet him and talk to him and actually mm-hmm. get to know him a little bit. And, uh, and then, uh, Doug champion is, uh, the owner of champion living fitness and the main trainer. And I actually, that's who I trained through and, uh, to be able to have him come there and, put on that whole week's worth of workouts and man, it was an awesome opportunity to be able to train with him finally in person rather than just through my app and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. uh, we had, uh, quite a few different people like, uh, social media, social media marketing, Jen, Jenna Moore helped us out with that. Heather Delin with, uh, or the Deanne with, uh, personal branding. Um, man, we had Justin Bates in the financial aspect of it. Now, like it's basically a well rounded clinic that professional athletes and rodeo professional bull riders and rodeo athletes can be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's free. And that's the part that a lot of people don't understand, man, is the Western Sports Foundation is a nonprofit organization that is here to help us not only in life, but in our careers in rodeo. Mm-hmm. It was a heck of an opportunity to be a part of, and I suggest anybody who's wanting to be a part of this life needs to go to one of those clinics, take everything they can from it. Cause it changed my life in three days, yeah. changed my whole perspective on the way I carry myself, the way I present myself in public to people. And honestly changed my mentality about bull riding, mm-hmm. brought it back to the simple side of things rather than overcomplicating, and, and worrying about this, worrying about that. It's one jump at a time, man. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a heck of an opportunity. And like I said, it's free. Yeah. We didn't have to pay for it. We had, there's donors and providers. The providers are the ones like that provided the financial services and the education there at the camp, the neuropsychology with Dr. Elise, you know, the sports psychology, the social media, personal branding, mental toughness, all those things, man, are absolutely free. We have access to all of them. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is go on the westernsportsfoundation.org, apply on the application. It sends it in to Aubrey she gets the funding available because there's millions of dollars available for us mm. provided by funders and donors to this organization that believe in us and our ability and where we want to get in life mm. you know what i mean and so people people really need to take advantage of that opportunity not in a bad way but to better themselves and the, in their careers yeah it's extremely important and a lot of people don't know about the western sports foundation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm glad I get the opportunity to be able to be here and actually talk
2: about it with y'all. So it's a, it's a heck of an opportunity, man. Quite the blessing. Yeah, I never, uh, I mean, I've heard of it, never got in depth of, of what all they do. And, and you covered a lot right there. Mm-hmm. But I was looking into it and the whole, it's a, it's a large spectrum from mm-hmm. mental to uh, rehab to, mm-hmm. you know, just everything. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. It and really It's is. a great
1: organization it really is and uh i'm honestly like like i i do it out of the kindness of my heart to be able to help people Mm -hmm. i don't know that's just kind of who i am i don't want i don't want anybody to be down because i've been down you know what i mean so like for me to be able to talk to you guys about the western sports foundation and talk to the world about it and just doing out of the kindness of my heart that's that's all i want to be able to do is to be able to push push them and get them more funding and be able to help more people outside of what I can do myself. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So it's a man. It's a blessing guys. It's a freaking (laughs) blessing. I don't know how else to put it. You know, it's, it's an opportunity and I absolutely loved, I loved the camp. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was so much fun. Those three days we had so much fun, probably one of the best group of people. Like we had, we had the first four girls ever, to come to that camp we've probably had four or five camps now and first four females ever come to the camp and they're barrel racers breakaway breakaway ropers and go tires and man i picked during the mental toughness side i picked two of them on my team um those girls ain't got no quit they <laughs> got all the try in the world yeah so like even like even the women in rodeo right now you know a lot of them don't know about it and they didn't know you could be a part of that And so to have those first four girls there, like we set a goal for them to get, bring four more girls to the next camp, you know, and then hopefully those four girls will bring four more girls and we get everybody involved. You know, we had bullfighters, steer wrestlers, bareback riders, bull riders, breakaway ropers, goat tires, barrel racers, like anybody and everybody, bronc riders too. I mean, Mm -hmm. professional athletes, rodeo athletes, like
2: it's the place to go. I'm going to step out on a limb here yeah. and, and say that the, the House wants to work with this foundation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's let's bring awareness to it and mm-hmm. let's do it. Watch this right here.
1: This is actually the Western Sports Foundation card. Heck, and yeah. It's actually a donor card. There's a QR code on the back. Allows to be any donations to be made and I can get y'all in contact with Aubrey um, and Miss Elaine. That's no problem at all. I've got their phone numbers and whatnot so I, I, wonder this, w- I wonder if this
0: i wonder if this work, paul if you could take a, a short of this scan the qr code and if you guys want to donate go ahead and donate to the western sports foundation
2: here you go roy yeah you here go go. i've, to got, I've, I've got, got multiple i'm gonna get it on <laughs> that
0: yeah i and, and speaking of mental Everybody. toughness you took i guess a sort of a Is there a course on that or was it just a presentation or what did you go through with mental toughness? What did you take away from your mental toughness um, training, so to speak, at Western
1: Sports Foundation? So for me, uh, dealing with a lot of injuries and whatnot, mental toughness is a big part of it. And going there, getting the opportunity to work with Cody and talk to him about like, the mental side of what he went through during that 2009 season to be a world champ and going into that 2010 season and whatnot, like the man was dealing with injuries. So obviously he had to be mentally tough in order to push through that, to win that world title. And so for me going to that camp, as much as I wanted to learn about everything else, it's extremely important to me to learn and get to get to know Cody and like really figure out how it's going to better me mentally and right off the bat i mean we did a relay race and man it gassed me out i like i ended up throwing up went to the hospital like had to get ivs <laughs> like uh-huh. it about, it just about mm-hmm. killed me i uh, like and i'm i'm in pretty top physical shape and man it it burnt me good mm-hmm. burnt me good and uh, i got that done i come back at about noon or so, went through the second workout, pushed through that, and then just continued on. We ended up we ran a mile. I started out in dead last, and I pushed all the way up to fourth. Ended up getting picked for a captain for one of the teams, and uh, I picked Colby Yates and two of the girls. And uh, there's not a single we we only lost one competition. We planked for 35 minutes straight. Third. Straight. Whoa. Yeah, screw that. If you think if you think you can't do it, so like here is a quote for you: Whether you think you can or you can't, you are right. And Henry mm-hmm. Ford said that, and that's something that sits with like right here and right here, and I don't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. The first five minutes were the hardest. You had to push through mentally what you thought you couldn't do to be able to get to those thirty minutes. Those mm-hmm. next, through those next thirty minutes. By the end of it, we're all ta- we're sitting in a plank position. We're talking, chatting, having fun. Me and Anthony Bonifer we're busting out push-ups. and we've just been planking for thirty minutes straight, dude. Like we wall sat for, you know what wall sits are. Mm-hmm. We yeah. wall sat for twenty five minutes, what? like that was actually the only game we lost colby dropped out uh-huh. he dropped first and then that ended the whole game so we ended up busting out a couple of uh, or 25 box jumps and uh cuz i mean it pays to be a winner mhm pays to be a winner so when you lose a game you got to do something yeah so uh yeah we busted those out but man those relay races like we had to do a fireman's carry You've got three three other teammates, and you have to run down and back with them, down and back, down and back. And that's hard on you physically. It's hard on you mentally. And your fireman's carrying them, so they're over your shoulders. You're packing them on your back. And when you got guys that are 190 pounds, 180 pounds, 170 pounds, I'm 160, Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it gets tiring, man. Yeah. And, like, you just really got it. Like, it just – Really shows you what you got inside and how down, like how far you can dig to get what you need to get out of it, so that way you can continue to push and like really push through it and get through it because it, man, it wants to break you down. It does. I'm telling you, all it, those all those drills did break Kobe you down. did Kobe sing to you while y'all were planking? No, because he can no. sing a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. I did get the opportunity to play a little bit of guitar for them. We were all sitting down in the lobby and. uh I've been kind of writing some lyrics to a song, just kind of remixing a song and whatnot. I got to sing them for him and pick my guitar a little bit, and we we were just having a good time down the lobby of the hotel during that deal. A couple nights in a row, actually, it was pretty mm-hmm. fun. That's pretty freaking fun, that's man. That's awesome.
0: Well, that's I didn't know it was a
1: whole like workout to uh, oh, that yeah. you had to go through. We were we were going from seven thirty in the morning till six at night. Wow, three days straight. That's crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's insane. It kind of reminds me of the, I don't know if you ever heard of the, um, the 40% rule. 40% rule. So it, uh, it's what the Marines use. And
1: okay. um, Collaborate, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, basically, when you think you're done, you're only 40% mm-hmm. there.
1: like Of what you can actually of achieve. Of what you can
0: actually achieve. It's basically along the lines of what you're saying. Is like when you hit that moment of like, i'm done you know what i mean like i'm exhausted mm-hmm. if you just push past that you still got 60 percent to go
1: exactly you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's crazy what the human body can actually achieve mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't get that but god's given everybody the ability to do something great and like if you don't work at it on a consistent basis you're never going to be able to find it you know mm-hmm. so it's a uh, Doing those mental toughness deals, doing those, we were doing two-a-day workouts, one in the morning, right in the morning, we do a warm-up, then bust out a workout, and then we do one after lunch, and then we end up in the mental toughness side of it. On the last day, we were doing that all day, and we didn't even get to the water aspect of it, man. <laughs> There's a whole water aspect of it that wasn't even touched on because the pool was broke. Like, uh, it's a cold pool.
0: Oh, if you think If
1: you think you're mentally tough, Getting some cold water, and we'll see how mentally tough you actually are.
0: We have some experience with cold water, don't we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. We're I don't really like it. No, we, we do these live streams, and, and uh, basically if we lose, we have to jump in the pool. Ooh. We, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh <laughs> uh, we did cold. it in the middle of—in in January, and I, I think I did it two or three times, but I had to jump in the pool, and it was like 35 degrees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, man, I— I never understood because a lot of people do that. Part of their mental toughness training is mm-hmm. jumping in cold water, yeah, ice baths, cold showers. You ever heard of the Wim Hof method? Yes, I have actually.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, like elaborate on that a little bit for them. I mean, it basically comes down to being able to control, like, control your breathing in mm-hmm. cold water. And, uh, allows you to control your body temperature, it slows your heart rate, slows your heart rate, yeah. allows blood flow all the way to your feet, keeps you basically warm mm-hmm. and allows you to be in those sub zero temperatures or freezing temperatures for that matter for long periods of time.
0: Yeah. Like it's insane. And it, re- it that really challenges is. your mental toughness, but I'll say like jumping in the pool and cold showers, it kind of gets that adrenaline going. It makes you feel revived. hmm. And it's like a it's like a natural shot of like caffeine, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. but, Cause your adrenaline's going, but it really trains your mental toughness because you're 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 putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. You're training your body to do something that it doesn't mentally you don't want to do. Yeah. So it just oh, yeah. kind of gets you in that zone of of doing like getting out of your comfort zone. 100%. That makes sense. I used to see a guy on TikTok, he did, you know jumping in a cold pool every day for th- 365 days. And then just made it. Now he does it every day.
1: He loves it. Shoot, man, I take cold showers every morning. You do? hmm Every single morning. <laughs> I love my hot water. I can't do that. <laughs> well, like, the. Th- I think the thing that I figured out the most is, like, when you want to take cold showers in the morning, like, if you don't want to just jump straight into that cold shower, start off with it, like, a little less warm than what you normally would. And then just like, as you go slowly work your way down and eventually it's going to get really cold and it's going to take your breath away. Yeah. But like, that's the way to start it off. You do that for a week or two and then eventually you just get to the point where you don't even turn the hot water on anymore. It's just straight to cold you get right in, get right out. You know, you get in, I don't know, I'm, it's about 30 minute cold shower in the morning just because it like, it feels really good on my body, loosens everything up, like, it just makes me yeah feel alive you know that's yeah. crazy and then
2: like i bust my workouts <laughs> i'll I'm, take your word for it is not a for
1: sure i mean i don't blame you but like i said i it's it's part of that mental toughness and for me it's in, like for me it's important being going through the injuries that i've gone through being out for I think in total now that I've calculated all out, it's like almost three years that I've been out in total due to injuries. So, like, for me, working out is extremely important. If I don't work out, I don't feel good. My body hurts. And, like, cold showers are part of that routine for that mental toughness. And then right after that cold
2: shower, I go straight into a workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I've it, got it, to. There's a lot to the cryo and, y- you know, that whole thing. Plus... The cold showers and all that. It's, it's got, it builds your immune system that it does. Yeah. It's I, really good. It's really
1: good for your whole body. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that, but it's really good for your circulation and everything like that. It's, man, it has so many, so many benefits. Like, I wish people would do it more. I think it changed a lot of people's mindsets about things. I mean, life in general. It yeah. makes people a lot tougher. You know what I mean? Yeah. They should put it in the school curriculum.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna be our DMs will be flooded about trying cold showers. You know, after I'm, they hear this podcast,
0: I oh, know. Man. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I I really want to DM. Like, I want to. I want to hear from y'all. If y'all listen to this right now, and y'all go home and try cold showers, give it a week. Let us know if it helped y'all. Another thing that I want to touch on, though, that is really important, is the branding side of the sport Mm -hmm. what did you learn as far as branding yourself as a bull rider
1: and a businessman so if y'all know y'all know the stereotypes with bull riders Mm -hmm. you know how bad they can be so for me going in being a PBR athlete I have to consider myself as a professional athlete which I am it's as simple as that the PBR is a professional series like it is top tier i mean you can you got a pro rodeo cowboy and then you got a professional bull rider mm-hmm. like they're two different two different levels so for me the personal branding side of it even the social media side it's it's extremely important the way you carry yourself carry yourself be well spoken present yourself in a basically the manner of like i can either go do an interview right now or i'm about to take my girlfriend out to dinner like for me this is probably the first first like t-shirt polo i've worn in the last two weeks like i'm usually long sleeve or a short sleeve cowboy hat boots starch pants everything like clean cut clean shaven obviously my hair's a little long but mm-hmm. it's just me yeah you know what i mean but i keep my face pretty clean cut all the time try to sometimes being on the road you don't quite get that opportunity as much (laughs) but um yeah it's it's extremely important a lot of guys don't realize that like i've heard some experiences of basically guys not getting sponsors because of that and if you think about it social media wise take a guy that's got a world title but he's not very personable you can't have a conversation with him because I mean, he's kind he's just rude, he won't talk to you, thinks he's like he's just arrogant, thinks he's better than everybody else. And then you got a guy that's got like twenty five hundred followers that's ranked lower in the PBR than he is because he's a world champ or whatever it may be, but because he can be out there having conversations with people, meeting people, presenting himself in a professional manner outside of the sport, one sponsors honestly everybody's going to take it Mm -hmm. like they're going to take it in a better way. And they're going to like that kid more than that world champ because that world champ is not presentable. He can't represent that company in a good way. You know, if a sponsor's looking at him, he can't represent them in a good way. If he can't be out there, be sociable, you know, like have good morals and good values. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
1: uh, man, I think it's, it's extremely important. And a lot of guys need to learn that. Like I, like I've had a, I had a whole conversation with a buddy. Um, He needed to sort out his wardrobe. We were about to go to the world finals. I was like, "Man, I'm not allowed. Not about to let you go to the world finals looking like this. Mm -hmm. Like, you're a professional athlete. You are up there in the world standings. You need to look the part. Yeah. Like, it's time to make a change. So we made a complete wardrobe change to him. I gave him a pair of my starch pants, starch shirt, and was like. And then we, honestly, we went and got some sports coats. (laughs) Dressed for success, right? Hey, man, look at the NFL, look at the NBA. Like, think about how they present themselves, like, getting off that bus, and they got that camera right on them. Every single one of them, every single one has a suit and tie on. Mm -hmm. They're professional athletes. Yeah. Like, and that carries over into the business side of things as well. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, like, it's important for you to be able to to conversate with people as, I mean, even as a businessman, you got to go out and talk to people, especially if you're like selling something, you got to be able to go out and build those relationships and talk to those people and then be able to present your product in a good way in order to them, to get them to buy it or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's extremely important. And I know I kind of keep repeating that, but, I don't feel like I can say it enough because people seem to not get it because I see yeah. it everywhere you know what I mean I see guys that are going down the road that are doing really good that you can't even have a conversation with because they think they're better than you are and yeah. it's like man I ride bulls just as good as you do like sort yourself out mm-hmm. don't be don't be an arrogant don't be arrogant yeah like, that's for me it was I made it a point to myself and maybe that's just how I grew up but I made it a point to myself. I guess in a sense it sounds kind of cliche, but I'd be like Lane Frost in that sense where the guy's a world champ, but you can go up to him, like you could go up to him, shake his hand, he'll smile at you, introduce himself, like talk to you, have a conversation, make you feel like a real person rather than like you're nobody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like I've I've made it a point to do that to any little kid that wants to take a picture, mm-hmm. whether like, like I was only 150th in the world this year. Last year I wasn't even world ranked. Right. But i've made it a point to no matter what i'll take that picture i'll shake that hand i'll kiss the baby i'll mm-hmm. sign the autograph it does not matter dude it does not matter you have to carry yourself in a manner that people value that people respect because
2: if you don't i mean you almost got nothing yeah, yeah. you know what I, I mean it becomes very lonely yeah a lot of people don't realize that, that old saying uh, pride comes before destruction it's exactly, they, they're too cocky, they're too arrogant. Trust me, they're going to come down. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah. I, I think that's, like, super important, not only just from an athlete perspective, but as from a business perspective, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to talk about um, business a little bit. You did own two businesses.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, I didn't have my LLC, but I got my DBAs and I had those going. And honestly they failed, man. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know what I mean? Failure is a part of progression. If you don't fail and learn from it, you're not going to get anywhere in life. Mm -hmm. So for me, like my business has failed due to lack of, uh, lack of money management, really lack of knowledge. Um, You know, just learning, it comes down to learning from my failures. So, like, hiring my friends, it don't work. Mm -hmm. It does not work. some people it may. But, like, for me, I needed guys that would get things done while I'm not there. Yeah. For me to be able to go off and do something else, come back, and that job be done, they're already on the next thing, you know what I mean? It didn't work out like that. It worked out where I was doing the majority of the work, yet I was making the least amount of money, putting all my time, all my money into the business and then they're just feeding off the money that they're getting paid and that's Mm -hmm. it. They're not putting in the work. They're not putting in the time. That was extremely irritating. And it was a hard lesson to learn. Extremely hard lesson because it's like, man, I'm trying to help my friends get up and down the road, but I'm also trying to get this business going because I was hurt. So I was like, might as well get a plan B going, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I did. And the first one didn't work out. I had a bad, bad partner. And, uh, come down to it he's basically trying to take advantage Mm -hmm. and uh, put his name on it granted like he wanted to make the investments he wanted to put forth the money and i said that's fine but i want you to understand this is my work this is my business this Mm -hmm. is my name like i'm the one doing it if you want to put forth the money i understand but i will pay you back because off of my projects on what i make that will, my investment is into the business. So like mm-hmm. he wanted to basically take it, put it in his name and it be his business. And I just get paid a paycheck like a regular worker. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's not why, like, this is why I work for myself is because that's not what I wanted to happen. And mm-hmm. I was like, if you're going to invest 15,000 into this company, then the four of us, cause I had another buddy that was my helper. I mean, the man does just as good work as I do. And he was one of my really good friends and we actually worked very well together. That is, that was no problem there. And I wanted him to be my partner on the business because he helped me build some of the things that we built. Mm -hmm. And then for those gentlemen, those other two business partners, the, I guess the money aspect of it that they were wanting to put forth, it ended up turning into a deal where they wanted to make the money off of it, pay us just a regular paycheck. And, that be that. And I'm like, man, like I I quit working for other companies because I like I I can't do that. Yeah. I gotta have my own schedule. I've got to run this business. I know what I'm like it's welding construction, man. So like I went to school for welding. Like I've worked in construction my whole life. Like I know like I know what it's about and I know what it entails. And it was really frustrating to have to go through that. But it was also a big blessing because it allowed me to actually move forward a year later to try it again and get it rolling. And now I've got six guys working for me, but they're also my friends that are also trying to make it in the rodeo world. So mm-hmm. it makes it really difficult when you got five guys that are like, I'm gone this weekend. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Now I'm stuck here by myself. Uh-huh. I can't go on the road cause I'm hurt. So I'm working and mm-hmm. I'm out there working by myself, building the things that we had to build. And man, it made it it made it extremely difficult because they're wanting to get paid. And it's like, well, you guys haven't worked. Yeah. You guys have not been working very hard. You guys haven't put in the time. Like you make twice the amount of money that I do because I know all of y'all are more than capable mm-hmm. to do what I am doing. And that's why I'm paying you the way I am. So that way y'all can get down the road. And I can get these jobs done and get us more work and keep going, keep this business going. Mm -hmm. And it ended up like basically breaking the bank. It made it extremely difficult money-wise because I'm having to pay these guys all this money and no work's getting done. Like I had been a job for two weeks was my timeline, two weeks. It ended up taking two months and I still didn't even get it done. And it was extremely irritating to me because it's like, Y'all knew the timeline. Y'all knew the like what the main goal was was to get this done in a two week time period. I mean, there was no like there was no excuse, absolutely no excuse. It couldn't have got done. Yeah, and it didn't. You know, and I I partially take blame for that because I guess in a sense I could have just been a boss instead of trying to be a leader, and been like, y'all get to work or you're fired. And see, yeah. I'm a nice guy in that aspect where I'm trying to be a leader and set those examples and I'm working my tail off. I figured my guys would follow and they didn't. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, I had to learn that lesson. I had to, <laughs> I had to suck that pride up and eat that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It yeah. was a, it was a hard one to swallow, but I'm glad I did. Cause I know now I know the next business that I start is not like I've got those things in my mind that I'm mm-hmm. like, can't allow that. Yeah. And now I know better. You have to,
0: especially with a team, you have to set boundaries early. Mm-hmm. Like I told you that last night. Yes, sir. Yeah, you, you have to set boundaries early because if they walk all over you to begin with and then you come back on them, they are be like, well, you let, you let me get away with it for so long. Exactly. And I've actually had Roy kind of guide me in that too because he's, he's run a few – uh horse business has himself 40 50 saw oh yeah so <laughs> yeah you can relate to to that yeah
1: so um you said you were in the horse race
2: train industry train race horses really yeah. yeah that's pretty neat yeah, <laughs> yeah then honestly I love being horseback all day yeah I, I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore
1: that's for sure <laughs> fair <laughs> enough I mean yeah. that race horse industry is pretty
2: pretty brutal yeah I like it but I'm glad I'm not there anymore. Getting up at <laughs> 6 in the morning. Cold cold morning, so no thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, was, where was that based out of? East coast. Uh, East from coast. Florida to Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Ohio.
1: Yeah, so it's real cold. Way different type of weather than where I'm from. Yeah, no thanks.
0: So, yeah, it's been great learning a lot about your businesses and the mental toughness side of bull riding, what you've gone through. So thank you for that. Like, I'm sure a lot of people out there needed to hear what you what you said, as far as being professional too, I can see that resonating with a lot of people on the podcast. So if that did resonate with you, we want to hear from you guys on, on our DMS, but we're going to hop into our next se- section that we always go to. And y'all love this section is Ariate affirmation sponsored by Ariat. Basically people, uh, we ask questions on Instagram. People give us, um, you know, things they're dealing with. They get ask us questions on what advice they need And as always, P.S., we're not doctors, psychiatrists or anything. We just give our two cents on what we've been through. So the question that we're going to touch on today is how do you stop feeling guilty about cutting the toxic
1: people out of your life? And Chase was super excited to touch on this. So you can go ahead and answer that first. You know, I think the best thing to do is give an example. So, like, for, for me... It is pretty, it's pretty easy to cut toxic people out, but that's because I've worked on it for so long. But an example is for somebody to tell me that you're not going to make it in the bull riding right there. They're telling me I can't do something. They have no belief in me, which is fine. They're entitled to that. That doesn't mean I need that negativity in my life. So that right there alone, that right there alone should be enough for you to be like, yeah, I don't need this. I don't need this negativity. I don't need this lingering, lingering. Oh my goodness, lingering (laughs) around back there in the back of my mind, saying they doubt you. Like you don't need that. Yeah. So you might as well take it for what it is, cut it out, and leave it at that. There's no point in worrying about it. I mean, you can either be fearful or you can worry, but you can't do both. Yeah, you can't do
0: both. That reminds me of a quote I I tweeted it yesterday. Um, It was just like a. An ocean or, or a, uh, a boat or a ship can't be sunk by an entire ocean unless the water gets inside. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't be stopped unless you let those negative thoughts get inside. 100%. In your head. So I thought that was really... Cool analogy. I'm along the same lines as you. I'm, I think it's pretty easy to cut toxic people out just because you've had to learn it. You have to grow through it. Mm -hmm. And what I said, there's always going to be struggles with relationships and whatever you go through in life. When you learn to struggle through that, you kind of learn the signs of toxic people Mm -hmm. when they're using what their intentions are. And we touch on it a lot throughout the podcast, but as far as feeling guilty about it,
1: there ain't no reason to feel guilty. mm -mm. It's your life. You are in control. Yeah. It's important to, it should be important to you what you hear, what you say, how you say it, what you read, what you listen to, mm-hmm. and the people you have in your corner. Yeah. Because those things right there, they can make or break your entire career. Yeah. I mean, mentally and like men- mentally it can destroy you. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. If you if you let all this negativity in and allow it to make you feel guilty about it for cutting these people out. Like it'll destroy you mentally mm-hmm. and it will, it can change your entire life from being up here to right here just by being associating with people that are negative, that have no ambitions, have no goals. Like I've seen it firsthand in my own life. You hang around with, I mean, they say you hang around with five millionaires, you're going to be the sixth. Yeah. That is real. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. It is real. Yeah. So, like, it's extremely important to have the right people in your corner so that way. Not only can you help them achieve what they want to achieve, but they can help you achieve what you want to achieve in life. It's about bettering others. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you have somebody tearing you down, you might as well cut them out of your life and not feel guilty about it because you know where you're headed, or at least you should, mm-hmm. or have an idea of it. And make sure you will you can do anything in your power to get there. And cutting negative people out is one of them. yeah. And the faster
0: you do that, the faster you'll get to where you need to be. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think, um, a big part of it, I always like allow your, give yourself permission, allow yeah. yourself that freaking freedom that you deserve because a lot of people get caught up in like all oh, the, they didn't give me permission. They're not there to give you permission. You have to give yourself permission to be successful. Mm-hmm.
1: So hundred percent. Yeah.
2: Roy, how, how would you answer that question? Well, it's something you, you've heard me say it before on the podcast, and and it's the same way. You are who you are, and where you are by what you allow to go in your mind. Mm-hmm. So if they're not for you, they're against you. It's like a mixed team. You're not you're not pulling the same way. You're not plowing the same ground. One's going this way. It, it, you'll never get to the goal of of you know you want to harvest the crop. And if you're going different ways, you'll never get it done. It's pretty easy when you see it. I mean. I'm a little older now, so I've gone through that, and I've I've dealt with that, uh, letting people guilt you and this and that. And you Mm -hmm. know what? It comes to a point where you say, I'm done with it. Crazy, drama, I'm done with it. Any Mm -hmm. sign of crazy and drama, I'm out. Cut off. Don't open that door. It's
1: When you feel that, when you leave the room after you just had a – Toxic conversation or whatever, and you know you're not going to see that person for a while and you feel that relief off your shoulders, that's when you know Mm -hmm. you need to cut them out of your life. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I had a prime example of it the other day. I won't say any names, but some things happened and like we're no longer friends. But when I left, this huge sigh of relief came over me and I'm like, wow, I knew I should have done this a lot sooner. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, toxic people—they—they
0: they drain you. They really yeah. drain you, and it's all like you said—it's all about that energy that you keep around you.
1: Hundred percent, so. man. And I try and stay as positive as possible because injuries and everything, dude, will break you down mentally and make you feel real negative. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I—I I have to stay positive, and I don't like negative people in my life. I don't like—I don't let the doubters in. I don't let the haters in. I don't—I like, just don't deal with it it's Mm -hmm. easier not to deal with it and to, I'm not saying not suppress, but to like, if you're up here and people that are down here, just don't even worry about them. Yeah. The people that are doing more than you are never going to bring you down. They're going to bring you up.
0: They're never, you'll never meet a hater doing better than you. Exactly. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's a good note to kind of wrap things up on. Heck yeah. So Chase, we really appreciate you coming out. Like, the conversation yeah. we had last night was awesome. A Fun fact, um, we were at the draft, and Chase was there. And we, we actually—I seen you the day before, too, at mm-hmm. Second Rodeo in the Stockyards. Um, and we had a great conversation. We kind of, you know, uh, talked for about an hour or so. We fired each other up, and I was like, dude, let's get him on the podcast. That's when we were leaving yeah. PBR. Oh yeah, and Roy was like, "You want to get him on the podcast?" I was like, "Sure." Like, we just said goodbye and we
1: turned right around. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, see, yeah. I was like, "Is that them coming back?" And yeah. I was like, "Oh man, I wonder what I wonder what I did." <laughs> and then they're like, "What do you got going on tomorrow?" And I was like, "Man, I could be free. What do you guys need?" And they're mm-hmm. like, "You want to be on the podcast?" Like, Heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an opportunity right there. And mm-hmm. you know, I before we go, I, I do want to say, always be open be open minded and always look for opportunities because yeah. every little thing out there can be an opportunity but you have to switch your mindset around instead of looking like why isn't things working for me you got to be open to like receiving and to see those opportunities it's a big mm-hmm. thing and like yeah. that conversation last night man it opened the opportunity up for this and to be able to come here and talk to y'all i know yeah. it's my first podcast so like probably wasn't that great for me talking wise but Uh, you know, I'm kind of loosened up now. So it's like, you know, it's a little bit better. a little flows a little bit more, but, uh,
0: no, yeah, you did great, dude. And you never know. We talked about God's timing last night. You never know what you said here that
1: could change somebody's
0: life. Yeah, it really will. So, um, let us know what y'all took away from that chase. What are your socials? So they can follow you to, to give you some words of encouragement
1: Man, my Instagram is uh, Chase underscore Weimer XC, and then uh, it's pretty much the same for Twitter and Facebook as well. So awesome! Yeah, and then I I have a TikTok, and I I think that one's Chase Weimer underscore XC or something mm-hmm. like that. But I ain't got much followers on TikTok, man. I ain't on there a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah been on the road. But I was looking I've at you. Got to get on that. <laughs> I've been hey, I've been trying. The more as I get videos, I've been posting more videos and. Uh, I like I like making rank bull rides to to, mm. to music on them TikTok, so it's a uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've got a few on there of my buddies, like uh, old D Lewis. Mm-hmm. Y'all know D Lewis. I've got a rank one there from uh, his win in Florida. That was pretty cool to take that film because I didn't get into the event, so I was an alternate, and I was actually the uh, what's it called the out man. So like if a if a guy got hurt, and I could come in and fill in, or if a bull needed a guy to get on. It might get on him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So like, I was just there hanging out, and I got the opportunity to film that TikTok and put all that together and collabed <laughs> it, dude, and it come out freaking awesome. So like, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I like TikTok. I like building videos and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and taking pictures and like, you know, getting content. I just don't. Like I'm figuring out the whole social media thing, yeah. and like really post and trying to stay consistent. So uh, yeah, Good you thing. know, it's only a matter of time, dude. I just can't wait for yeah. what's what's to come, dude. I'm like I said, thankful. if
0: you if you have any any questions, you can hit us up. We uh, we Heck have yeah, plenty yeah, of social media resources. So y'all go and follow Chase on his social medias. Make sure to follow Trader Talk, Trader House, Trader Company, all the beautiful socials that are are linked. Um, thank you guys for watching again. We have reached over. I think we're we're very close to the four hundred mark of five star reviews on this podcast. Heck yeah. So thank you guys for continuing to give five star reviews. If you're listening this to if you're listening to this in your truck on your way home, at the gym, wherever it may be. Heck, you could be behind shoots listening to this right now. Yeah, you just never know. You never know where they're listening to. So just drop a five star review. Um, thank you guys so much again. We are also repping our all of our Ariat gear right here. So thank you again to Ariat um, for helping us produce this podcast. Make sure to check out our online stores. we got Luciano Westernware and uh, TraderCo.com where you can buy all the Tratter and Luciano gear you want. We're coming out with new merch, so stay tuned for that. Again, I just can't say thank you enough. Thank you, Chase, for coming out. Thank you, Roy, for being an awesome co-host. And as always, the famous tagline of Tratter Talk, make sure to smile every day and know your worth. Sweet, we'll see you on another episode.